0: hello fellow time travelers i'm tony Whit with the doctor who target book club podcast the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the doctor who novelizations i'm joined by dalton
1: hughes
0: and by and, Fitz and we record our episodes twice a month you're listening to the video junkyard podcast enjoy your travels
1: podcast.
0: welcome back to another episode of the video junkyard podcast actually happens to be uh, episode number 35 this evening i am eric O'Branson and coming to you from beautiful chicago illinois and with me as always is my friend and co-host joe peterson how's it going joe it's going pretty good here in lovely oshkosh wisconsin (laughs) Nice. Do you guys get any snow up there? We
1: got absolutely slammed last week and the week before that, and, and it feels you got like ice uh, and yeah, it was rough. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, <laughs> about an inch of ice and then about literally a foot of snow and then a little bit more ice on top of that. But it feels like nature is finally giving us a brief reprieve this week, so we'll see. Um, very nice of her. Yeah, yeah. So it's been <laughs> uh, I've been getting all my my daily exercises in shoveling snow, which it's weird actually because i've ever since new year's eve i've been trying to like you know get back into shape and just get back into a good routine like you know everybody says they're going to do after (laughs) first of the year uh so i've been kind of mildly obsessed with like calories and like how much how many calories is burned in this activity and found out shoveling snow uh, about 200 calories roughly uh every 30 minutes so,
0: yeah, I mean, I bring it. <laughs> I don't I didn't know the exact number of calories that I was burning, but I know the couple of times I've gone out and done it this year is like, man, it's one of those like I feel like I'm getting old moments because I'm like all of a sudden winded and it's like, man, I used to be able to do this now without so many without so many issues but well you know there's the the other thing the thing like pretty good night's sleep that
1: night definitely but it's also the thing i've noticed you mentioned like feeling like an old man and stuff where i when i was younger i'd see people outside doing yard work or shoveling snow and then like they stare at you when you drive by and i've always thought like what the hell's (laughs) up with that and now that i'm out there shoveling snow you just take a moment and pause to breathe and a car goes by and you just look at it and i'm like oh shit i've become that guy
0: <laughs> yes yeah, you're the guy giving the dirty looks to just anybody who's not currently shoveling snow exactly on shit list for exactly a few minutes. it's <laughs> just like oh yeah
1: you're driving fuck you you know <laughs> like, yeah just, that's, that's it but yeah. but no yeah if i broke down about a year and a half ago or two years ago i guess and bought a snowblower and that that helps a lot but yeah, when it just when you when you get done and you turn around and it's just covered again, it's like why bother?
0: I guess the, the the one bright side to all of the bad weather is that it does give you a little extra indoor time, um, possibly some snow days from school for your kids or whatever to catch up on watching some movies, right? That's, That's right. That's right. Though unfortunately <laughs> the movies
1: that we're watching I can't really watch in front of my kids, so it's been there have <laughs> yeah, been what? snow what? days. <laughs> well, I mean I
0: could, but Yeah, so I guess without any further ado, now that we've concluded the Video Junkyard podcast weather segment for the third <laughs> time <Exactly. laughs> show in a row. But uh, I guess uh, let's go ahead and uh, introduce the movie we're going to be talking about this evening. Yeah. And that is 1988's Night of the Demons, directed by Kevin S. Tenney. A funeral parlor? We're here? I can't believe we're going to party here. <laughs> It's time for party games. Yeah. How about a past life seance? A seance? What the hell was that? They're pure evil. They're demons. Yeah, is this uh, one that you were familiar with prior to it, us it, adding it to the schedule? So. It is.
1: It's one that I've seen uh, a couple of times. It's actually a favorite of, of Sarah's, of my wife's. So it's ah, funny okay. because yep. I think it was maybe a couple of, I don't there was, you know, we, we put together schedules, folks, where, where you know, what movies we're going to be watching in the, in the future, and this one made the list, and I think it was the next time we recorded, I went upstairs I'm recording in my basement and I went upstairs and she was actually watching Night of the Demons and I was like ooh I actually have to watch this for the show and um, and so yeah. I watched the tail end of it Good about timing. a month ago and then just rewatched it again just as I've said before you know this the movies that we watch are ones that we've either seen a lot or have seen maybe in the distant past or relatively recent maybe but it's always interesting to watch it again for the show because you, you're looking at right. things a little bit differently so uh, I actually just rewatched this one again last night just to refresh everything. And, um, yeah, I, I actually, there were some things that I, I, noticed just this time that I didn't notice last time I watched it, you know, something like the soundtrack and some of the cast members and things. So, um, right. And, and yeah, I mean, I mean the, the first cast member that really jumps out is, uh, you know, Linnea Quigley, who's a oh, yeah. the scream queen from the eighties. You know, this was one of her oh, yeah. more popular films.
0: Um, and this is yeah, and this is going to be at number two of her films that we've reviewed just in the last yep. couple months of this uh, on the Video Junkyard podcast. So, yeah. yeah, definitely wanted to yeah. spend a little she time uh, ball. talking about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, she was in um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, Silent
1: Night, Deadly Night. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, um, uh, yeah she was in Silent uh, Night, Kraft Deadly and it's in Chopping Mall. That's I think, right. That you're yeah. thinking of.
0: Yep. But, yep. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, this one... um... Anyway, yeah, it was a first-timer for me. I actually... One that has always kind of been on the the wall of shame a little bit, but actually it had kind of fallen into... I didn't remember that I needed to see it until you had mentioned it as one for um, the podcast, and I jumped at the opportunity because, like we've talked about before, this is a way to, like, guarantee I'm going to sit down and watch a movie. So (laughs) I actually got to guarantee I would get to see this one this time around. So yeah, it was a first time through for me. Um, Before I we get too far in i'm going to read the little uh, from imdb synopsis here uh 10 teenagers party in an abandoned funeral parlor on halloween night when an evil force awakens demonic spirits keep them from leaving and turn their gathering into a living hell um, yeah i mean that, that i'm really... not even sure that's actually accurate was it a funeral parlor i thought it was just an old haunted house but anyway um i like I, think was, I think it was stereotypical creepy haunted house in the town i but. think it was an
1: uh a funeral parlor there's there's caskets there actually there there's was because there's caskets the yeah so yeah, yeah there yeah. are it it, it was so a, forgetting. a funeral parlor and yeah this but but a haunted one right and it's it was your classic kind of haunted house in the town right or a yeah. haunted thing like there's nobody went in there because it was abandoned
0: and you know it was this this uh kind of creepy thing but
1: yeah well, a a affectionately of named really... hull
0: house by the way which is uh, actually yeah. a famous um i don't think it actually exists anymore just recently has been torn down and correct me if i'm wrong i think that's the case uh but yeah chicago mm-hmm. um kind of famous quote-unquote haunted place in chicago um known for the uh what is it the legend of the um is it the devil baby hull house story <laughs> Um, I think so. Anyway, good good um, urban legend. Actually, if you want to go look that up, I, I don't know enough about it. It just occurred to me just now, but anyway, yeah, um, it, there
1: there is a bit of a of a history, or it was definitely a bit of a nod um, to to the um, yeah to the the Hull House legend um, in Chicago. So yeah, I, yeah. This anyway, I don't I, think it has anything to do with I, it besides the name. But yeah, yeah, but a couple of things I noticed right away off the top with this one is the opening credit sequence to this one is actually kind of cool.
0: Um, it's this yeah, really it's fantastic. Neat style that was animation. the first thing I wrote. Yeah, first yeah. thing I wrote down was I love this opening animation, and I was actually wondering if that was original to the film or because it kind of just seemed fresh and like um, mm-hmm. <laughs> of a higher quality than the rest of the film. I don't know if they just shopped that out and got a really good animated. Um, credit sequence but anyway yeah i was re- very impressed by that i thought it was very cool very kind of halloween um mm-hmm. centric and yeah it's cool uh opening sequence
1: yeah and the um gosh there's a couple other things I, I i noted here too i mean this is it's 1988 it's it this is a quintessential b horror
0: demon slasher movie right yeah. so yeah, the it's, it's very, very leave. Yeah. Oh sorry, it's yeah. it's very eighties. Even though it's like yeah. at the tail end of the decade here, it it certainly has pretty much all of the like tropes and cliches you think of when you think of eighties horror films, whether it be Slasher or um, this one is, you know, not not as much a slasher film, as much as a, you know, demons kind of eat teenagers movie, but it definitely mm-hmm. has those kind of partying teens, Halloween, um, you know, spooky old house. Uh, everybody's kind of a, uh, you know, stereotype, high school yep. stereotype, of one one sort or another. Um, yeah, has some it has, great, really, some great, awful characters actually. So.
1: Yeah, and it's it's got your quintessential nudity that is really pointless
0: throughout the whole movie. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. You know, well, I mean, Leanna Quigley, I we gotta at some point talk about the fact that it's, do you think in any um. It, it, are there any more famous breasts in the entire in 80s horror than <laughs> Leanna quigley's i mean is that is that she's it, got it, got to be the most famous boobs in um, it very well in, at least for, of, of the era could be it seems like she was kind of like the first call of um you know at the time like well we have a part well uh what's what do you know tell me a little bit about it well she's a blonde and she has to be topless most of the film oh i know exactly who to call and <laughs> she exactly. kind of built her career that way. The thing is, is it's a little unfair that I that I went there, um, because I actually really like her. I really like the character of Trash in Return of the Living Dead is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, her character in this movie is actually pretty great. Um, she's yeah. a little less memorable in Silent Night Deadly Night. It's really just the antlers gag that makes you kind of remember her character. But um, anyway, so it, it's probably a little unfair to go there. But I mean, she essentially spends all of her scream time topless and pretty much everything i've seen her in so yeah um yeah
1: and, and in this one does some we'd very have to give bizarre her that things award, while right. topless <laughs> as well um yeah some really yeah. strange things and i actually the, was uh, kind of lips- leads me
0: to- lipstick in the lipstick nipple gag yeah thing she that shoves a tube of lipstick inside of her breast Into which her, is really quite yeah.
1: strange but that you know there's actually quite a lot of cool special effects in in this um, there is this movie is you know, kind of the, full of the, the, really great special effects and there's one scene um, in particular where they shatter a mirror and you see all of the the entire cast in different fragments of the mirror and it's it's a really very cool shot um that that you know something actually jotted down that it's it's a really cool visual effect um with each one of these characters in a mirror and actually point my wife pointed something out that one of the surviving characters though is not in it. So it's almost a bit of foreshadowing of who's going to hmm. make it and who isn't. So there's, this is, um, for, yeah, for being, missed. for being a total trash film, it's actually has some really smart moments in it. And, um, uh, yeah, I, it, it almost feels like, and, like, you mentioned, like all the, the of your, your, your kind of stereotypical types of characters in this um that it, that definitely feels intentional and it's all it's very tongue-in-cheek
0: so yeah. the movie's very I, I felt self-aware. like that too when i was watching this that it was very self-aware um yeah and it, that it was done with a little tongue-in-cheek i mean you don't write characters like stooge yeah. right like this character in this film um without having you know a little bit of a sense of humor about it Um, I remember just thinking for the first, like, five, ten minutes of the film, like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, this is, like, the worst character, and then eventually I was cracking up at him, and I decided he was, like, my favorite terrible character in this movie, Um, and just kind of, like, thinking, like, I remember my first thought is, how does this asshole stooge have a girlfriend, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I kind of wondered that about, like, some of the dudes I went to high school with, too, so um you know it's uh (laughs) okay i'm like maybe we all did know somebody like this guy in high school so exactly Um, oh yeah or a few people like that yeah right he's just exaggerated to the nth degree and that's kind of what they do with everything in this movie is it's uh, everything's a little bit over the top and it's all kind of played for fun and that's going to be kind of the, the tone of the whole film is it's just a really fun movie i don't think there's really anything else to it um good special effects um fun and funny moments oh, a healthy dose of blood and guts and kind of bizarre um demon stuff you know it actually reminds me a lot of um the second evil dead film and it's got a lot of yes. sam raimi kind of style uh to it as well not that and not that i think um kevin tenney is is derivative of sam raimi necessarily but i think it took a lot of influence from sam raimi's work especially i, the, I, I the agree early to evil dead films yeah,
1: I agree. There was, and there's actually a theme in this film that I, I really was impressed with, and that's the whole idea that these characters can't get out of the house or at least off of the property. Uh, you know, like there's a big stone wall around the funeral parlor with a gate, and then once they're inside and the evil is released, a couple of characters are like, "I'm getting out of here," and the gate is mm-hmm. gone. It's just a giant stone wall, and so there's, it's. Uh, it kind of gets into a little bit of psychological stuff a bit. Uh, has some House on Haunted Hill. I don't want to say nods, yeah. but but you know a bit of that. Um, the being locked in so, the big old haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's kind of a maze in a way, um, and w- with creepy things around every corner. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of blood and guts in it, but it, it's done in a way. This movie knows what it is. Um, and they knew yeah, what they were absolutely. making here, and and I think that's what makes it. If you have a stomach for it, is what makes it uh, so enjoyable. It some of the some of the effects gags, like we mentioned, that the lipstick that Quigley sticks into her breast is
0: such a bizarre yeah, yeah. thing to see. Bizarre um, and, and it, kind of disturbing, and, it, and the special yeah. effect is is fairly fantastic because I don't feel it looks like. Um... <laughs> i was gonna say i don't they, feel it they looks really, like fake they really food, but they I'm really captured sure they, her breast. they really captured that right in the, the makeup uh, but department. i didn't see it coming because it did look fairly <laughs> realistic is where where i was going with that trying to phrase it delicately yeah. but there's no no good way to say it but yeah i was gonna say um so yeah i actually found that special effect to be kind of disturbing and off offsetting especially in a scene that was um you know sexual and mm-hmm. uh, in nature but her her performance in it. She's such a. After her character gets taken over by demons, right? She's just such a bizarre character. Um, yeah. That it's very it's 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 not like a, quote unquote sexy scene. It's it's very kind of unsettling, and um, you kind yeah. of want to scramble away from her the same way that the character, um, whatever his name was, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the 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 sweater jock douchebag guy. I don't. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but. Um, and I say that because everyone in this film is just kind of a stereotype of high school um, they each play their role it's kind of like you know the, there was a lot of demons in the breakfast club and mm-hmm. you know,
1: but, um, there's there was something yeah. I noticed about this that wasn't really imperative to the plot or the filmmaking style but it was something about eighties movies that I noticed last night watching this that I wanted to bring up and that's there's a scene where um the The character of Judy, played by uh, Kathy Podwell, um, her mm. little brother, his, she's got a little brother and he's kind of a jerk in the very beginning of the film, you know, like spying on his sister and trying to scare her friends when they come over. Um, and the kid's wearing a full head rubber mask, like a monster mask. And it's, yep. you know, c- kind of similar to what we saw the main character uh, wearing in Deadly Spawn. Very similar to the Halloween masks that are shown in uh, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, so yeah. th- your your typical '80s full head latex mask. Um, now I remember 1988 barely, but I remember going to the mall in the late '80s, early '90s, you go to Spencer's Gifts right around Halloween, and they would have the wall of big
0: rubber masks. Oh yeah, you know, yep, it With was all the like crazy uh, from. Yeah, full head rubber masks all the way up yep. to like giant, three hundred dollar dragon well, like dragon things, heads, yeah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> these huge latex
1: masks. And I remember thinking those were the coolest, creepiest thing. It was like the one around Halloween you go to the mall, and can you can you handle going into Spencer's gifts because it was a little scary, right? Um, and I remember the price tag on those masks; they were not cheap. And so, watching no, movies no, now, not at all. thinking back, watching, and I don't know why this popped into my head last night when I was watching, I was like, how the hell is that kid affording a mat? Those are like, that's like a $40 mask, you know? Like, when yeah. I was 10 years old, I didn't have $40 lying around to buy shit like that in the 80s. So I don't know. It right. just, I don't know. Yeah. Something funny. I just kind of noticed that they, it's something that's in a lot of these movies. It's like the kids with the big, full rubber masks, and it's like, no, that that those were super expensive. You know, we got stuck with the cheap molded plastic thing in the vinyl suit for our Halloween costumes. But right, I don't know. But I just it just yeah, it struck me as kind of amusing.
0: Those things at that yeah, age I like mean, I, I think it would have been like you know and i am sure i would have worn it once and been like oh well rubber masks suck when you actually wear them but um just to have as a collection yeah they do would be awesome to have one of those even now so <laughs> but yeah i mean there was a. Uh,
1: i'm trying to think who was the the company that made those um
0: no yeah they used to have advertising in a lot of comic books and and stuff that for the yeah. full head rubber masks anyway um but yeah. yeah, that's just something I, just, but, I
1: thought was kind of amusing. It was like, how you, this is like the most unbelievable thing here is that the kids have those things that you wouldn't be able to... I mean, today they're actually a lot cheaper. You can get them at Walmart. But yeah, back then, those were those were high-ticket items. You yeah. You know, so... But yeah, especially because yeah, then the, this... the, the kind of jock character takes it from the kid and walks off with it. And I was like, I'd be pissed at... Don Post, that's what I'm thinking of. Don Post Studios. Yes,
0: Don Post, that's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But
1: um yeah, but you know Kid Walks, guy walks off with this Don Post mask. I'm like, "Holy shit, that my parents would be pissed
0: about that
1: cuz you bought you a 40 yeah, no dollar mask
0: Like, where where's so, where's your 50 dollar mask we bought you and like, yeah. That's
1: a lot of lawns. It's a lot of snow to shovel. So no But kidding. But yeah, yeah I know no,
0: there there's a few sequels to
1: this one too. I haven't I think I've seen the second one,
0: maybe. I, yeah I, I know I would seen see, I hadn't one. seen any of them and this is the first one I, I considered because I enjoyed this quite a bit um, going on and seeing the others supposedly they they the second one's a little not quite as good as the first and then the third one's not quite as good as the second so they, they degrade in quality but um, some people are fans yeah. of the second one as well so the
1: that, second you know. one actually yeah the second one isn't terrible um, I mean considering it's um you know they they it all kind of comes back to that lipstick. Actually, the lipstick thing that we talked about plays a big role in this, which I thought was funny. Is the two movies in a row where bizarre lipstick has played a role in the movie, You know, the other being Tracy Lord's <laughs> lipstick from Tommy <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, in the canon of my mind, it's the same tube of lipstick. But, <laughs> you know, of course. Um, apparently, <laughs> this movie was also remade in um, 2008. Uh, it was was, originally have a theatrical release and it went straight
0: to video i haven't seen it i haven't really heard anything about it um yeah i mean supposedly it was not well received but that's all i know about it is yeah Mm -hmm. so um
1: and and actually looking at what if kevin tenney if i can oh yeah go ahead
0: i was gonna say if i can venture a guess it's probably a little more of a modern movie and and modern film audiences can't seem to kind of grasped the concept of horror comedy very well so i probably went for like really um went for genuine shocks and it didn't work as well yeah I probably mean, what tenny um, did pro- not to judge a movie i haven't seen that's unfair but sure um, well tenny yeah, did like, um he
1: did produce the remake um but tenny is yeah, also known that. for yeah. such films as witchboard which is a, another one that i wouldn't mind reviewing on the show at some point because that was one that
0: i um saw a lot when i was younger as well it's one and he, i remember it, like we always talk about the video store boxes i remember the box mm-hmm. in the video store. i don't think i've ever seen it but um yeah that'd be an interesting one to and he also well. and that, there's a couple sequels to that i think too
1: so. oh there's many um yeah <laughs> he also directed the uh horror fantasy film pinocchio's revenge which i've never seen oh, but right. I'm aware of i haven't either <laughs> um but yeah, I think, you know, overall this this is one that that I personally really enjoy catching, you know, re- revisiting every now and then. It, it, it the acting is pretty bad. The script is pretty rough. I mean, it, it, you're you're given some gems. Now it's not Silent Night Deadly Night too good. We've we've hit a new bar. Um Yeah, I know. And this one does has have a some production quality. It it, it really does. It, it, it does. The acting and the script are a little questionable. There's a great
0: line uh, where a guy tells another person to eat a bowl of fuck. Which oh my god, there are so many good. Ones. <laughs> I even wrote some down. I don't remember exactly what they were in, in reference to because I have to go back. All, and all the better, watch, but I remember I wrote down post orifice, which somebody referred to a, a pun on the post office as something the post orifice. I, I don't yeah. remember what it, what the actual line is, but um also that i wanted to coin my new catchphrase as being festering fuckwads because that's (laughs) something that comes out of stooge's Stooges mouth as well a lot of this is coming out Um, of stooge's mouth also that um (laughs) there's a point when the demons first emerge from the cellar from the depths or the crypt or whatever it is underneath the house um and kind of come into the room where all the teenagers are partying or whatever they're actually they're like doing their seance or their their ceremony Mm -hmm. that um Angela, the girl who put the party together, brought everybody there for... Um, they, This is a really long explanation for a really dumb joke, but um, they are referring to like all the, the, the sensations they're having and they talk about the noise and the stink and the chill and then and they actually say that and then and I'm like, wow that sounds like a really great band name. I think I'll name my if I ever have a band again, I'm gonna call it the noise, the stink and the chill. So it's gotta be um, three
1: people and it's gotta be a jazz trio. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, noise, the stink and the chill. Avant garde, oh, yeah. spinal um, tap
0: spinal tap jazz style. This movie I think is a little smarter than it than your average like it it is totally 80s horror trash in a way but um i think it's it like you said we were talking about it earlier it's very self-aware but there's also just like little things like there's a lot of really great um atmospheric mm-hmm. like lighting and camera work in the movie um, not all the acting's great and it suffers from a problem i see a lot in low budget movies and that it's like main couple of characters aren't very good and that kind of hurts the whole thing but there's some um there are some supporting character actors in this movie that are better than the leads and some some certainly pretty good performance. The girl who plays Angela in the movie is actually pretty good. Um, it, I mean obviously everybody's hamming it up. It's just that type of movie, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I also think the um, the lead girl Judy, I think is the uh, final girl. Um, the Alice in Wonderland costume thing is a nice touch. For that, yeah, um, yeah, just kind of you know, through the looking glass type. So there's some like some weird like smart stuff going on in this movie, and it's I think it's because it was made by somebody who, um, knew what they were doing, and so it yeah, like you said earlier, it's unfair to compare it to something that is like actually trash, like Silent Night Deadly Night Two. That's funny because it's it's just batshit and garbage, but this actually has a lot of good stuff going on and a lot of good production value, great special effects. Um, genuinely funny moments and situations um so yeah i mean i think it's generally an enjoyable film is it perfect no i mean i think there's definitely um you said like you said earlier like some of the acting is pretty subpar and um but, but hey but it's, it works uh, and, and actually is looking at is, yeah. looking
1: at you mentioned some of the the cast and some of the characters um the the character of of roger played by alvin uh, alexis you know, one of the mm-hmm. other survivors, right? Um, yep. Probably my favorite character in the whole movie because he's the only one that does stuff like the most believable and the smartest. Like, there are some scenes yeah, where he just like, breaks down and he's freaking out. And, like, yeah, you would be at this point.
0: Well, he also, his first instinct is, let's get the hell well, out get of here. Let's work out on of escaping here. instead yeah. of, like, you know. And he's one of the first ones to start, you know, being like, this isn't right. I think I'm gonna leave. Yeah. Instead of like, well, that was weird. Let's go up into the. Let's go check it out. Wander around in the mortuary and you know. And and the the character sex in whatever room and like (laughs) right. And the character (laughs) of
1: Judy, you know, is in the Alice in Wonderland costume. She really is the quintessential damsel in distress, right? She's always
0: right. Oh yeah.
1: Which is, which is funny for a couple of her scenes where she's trying to do the whole, like, you can't give up, we, we're not going to let them get us. And then she, you know, the demons come in and she just screams and stands there like, what do I do? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know, it was your idea. Yeah. Um, but I, I was also yeah, looking I... up Amelia Kincaid, who plays Angela. Um, and yeah, she huh. does a great job in this. And she goes on to play Angela in the sequels as well. And then after 1997, I, I believe it was when the, the third movie in the original trilogy not counting the remake uh was made Mm -hmm. she she kind of fell off she hasn't done she did a couple of bit tv parts some you know small roles here and there but overall i mean she ultimately ended up on the vh1 where are they now series and uh looking up some where where she has been actually really interesting that she is now a um animal communicator and self-proclaimed pet psychic Wow. And apparently. That is an
0: interesting. Where are they now? (laughs) Yeah. And
1: apparently, um, according to her website, in 2002, she was invited to Buckingham Palace to work with the household cavalry of Queen Elizabeth II and to whisper with the hunting horses of Prince Charles. Wow. So she's doing that now. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. (laughs) I don't know. know, Going from being demon possessed goth girl in a trilogy of of horror films to pet psychic
0: why not yeah, i mean cool. sounds like i mean that's the logical career path right i think so yeah right, right. <laughs> wait, till you, wait till they get a load of me um <laughs> and, and
1: actually this movie also has kind of a really cool um uh bookend actually the movie's bookended a bit at the beginning oh yeah i really like man. that yeah there's an old man that you that, see the that to me worked better like, than Yeah, there I was gonna say he's Go walking around with his groceries and he's got apples and razor blades and he just really hates the damn kids. You know, yeah. Damn you all <laughs> to hell! He keeps saying, and uh, he he's just in the very beginning scene and then he's he he bookends it at the very end uh, with with kind of an amusing little tie-up.
0: Um, oh which, yeah, which I really I mean, kind of helped this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like that a whole lot better than the actual um, climax of the main narrative with the the teens and the demons in the house um i felt like that's where this movie fell short was it just kind of didn't it kind of just suddenly ended like oh we got outside let's you know we're gonna climb up the wall kind of a cool moment where um it's roger right is the yeah uh, yeah has to climb up the barbed wire and kind of helps judy up the wall um but none of it actually holds a whole lot of tension, and it happens kind of really quickly and disjointedly. I feel like yeah. at the end, um, I feel like that is going to be like the biggest thing that I, you know, that kind of hurt this movie for me was that the fact that the build up to everything was so good, and then um, they had these interesting like demon characters, and then they just didn't do much with them. Um, yeah, they turned into like an army of the undead to chase the you know surviving teens out, and then. The sun came up and you know all was back to normal and, and whatever. Well, so it, yeah. I love that it had the little bookend at the end of it because that kind of like put the smile back on my face, you know, <laughs> because yeah. It's just yeah, and a great it movie. it's
1: there. There is kind of an odd thing though <gasps> that throughout the whole movie, where the the possessed demonic characters are going after the you know each other or the teens and things, you know, they're they're popping up here and there and they're grabbing and you know they're they're kind of rather nimble. And then at the end, during the climax, they're yeah. like doing the zombie shuffle, and you know, like yeah. slowly yeah, coming weird. in. So it was a bit of a for, you know, uh, this forced attempt at at building up tension that really, like you said, it really didn't work that well. I mean, you want to see these characters survive, so y- you care enough, but not really that much. Um, though I do want to mention, though, that at the very end too, when they get out and they look back over the wall and the sun's coming up and there's that big cloud of green smoke for some reason. And there's a very, very cool animatronic or puppet main demon that you see kind of in the sky. Um, Again, they don't do anything with it, but it looks cool. You know, again, showing that this film, you know, it had a, uh, a budget, I believe of like 10 million. And I think a significant portion of that went to sets and, and effects. And it, it yeah it's, i mean this looked really, like it really was good. actually
0: like a set like built on you know in a studio or a back lot somewhere yeah uh, for this house and it was very cool looking um so yeah i mean like i like like i said a couple times before i think production value the production value of this film helps it quite a bit mm-hmm. um that's all the good stuff about it um I totally agree that it like effectively from like a writing standpoint it 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 effectively kind of builds this creepy situation and then just it it really let me down at the end um because it just didn't know what to do with it but it's still fun enough (laughs) like throughout like i also didn't really care for the the i mean i guess points for originality but the way that um they make their uh roger and judy make their escape from the house is that she pulls a gas pipe out of the wall and lights the end of the gas pipe on fire um right i don't actually know this you know exactly what would happen if you did that but i'm pretty sure it wouldn't turn into a flamethrower i'm pretty sure you'd blow up the entire house is essentially at least start a massive fire um yeah rather than you know be able to use it as a flamethrower not that i'm claiming that night of the demons has to you know have this you know realistic (laughs) thing it just that one was one that i went okay well interesting points for originality but i don't think that's uh would really get anybody out of this situation, but I, I I'm think what we'll bothered me more about a little that. bit because. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know, maybe mine's worse, because what bothered me the most about that scene was after she, like, okay, so you break the gas pipe and you're using it as a flamethrower, you turn to the guy who's like, Raj, turn the valve off, and he just knows exactly where to go and turns it off. That's like, <laughs> right. really? Oh, yeah, yeah. well,
0: I, from, from my prior experience yeah. in working with gas lines. And how convenient, where. everything's right here, so. Yeah, but it's right on the end of the pipe that, yeah, anyway, yeah. I mean, again you can you can do that to a lot of movies and nitpick it apart I don't expect a movie like this to be no you know super realistic um, it's fine it's it's essentially a fantasy film already with the weird you know demons and um, yeah anyway, but, but this that one, was just something it, that it, kind of but that was the start of the the like the start of the climax being dissatisfying for me so mm-hmm.
1: I will say too that this movie has some actually pretty it, it's it's very 80s but it's actually some pretty cool music. So um, oh, it's
0: got great music. I forgot yeah. to mention that yeah. part. I, um, so Dennis Michael actually, Tenney, who
1: I believe is related to the director Kevin S. Tenny, um, mm-hmm. he actually he he write he actually does the composing for it, you know, the the main title themes and stuff. But he also does some cool kind of punk rock songs uh, throughout the movie as well, which which is pretty cool. I mean actually to where we were looking yeah, them up last night like
0: is this can you can you find this like on can you download this
1: cuz <laughs> it's actually kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 soundtrack is in print and it features um the like the main song um the I shouldn't say the main song, but the, the song, the Angela demon dance song. And it is a, a really great Bauhaus song that I was not yes. familiar with before seeing this movie. And I was like, I was kind of like dying for it. I was like, this movie could really do. It's got a great score, like the score, but it's kind yeah. of um, at points kind of traditional haunted housey, um, you know, stings and and orchestra you know just kind of a traditional film score and i was really thinking like man when this gets going this could really use because it's so 80s like this could really use some you know actually like gothic music or goth music i should say from the the 80s scene and man they kicked it in like perfectly and (laughs) so um yeah i know that was the music's really great in it and uh the use of that stuff in the proper time and yeah good use of music in the film as well yeah um the whole movie's just like the right amount of crazy to make it a little bit more fun or more memorable than like a lot of 80s like slasher teen slasher movies so Mm -hmm. it's yeah i think it elevates it a bit it's it's um i wish the latter like not even the latter half but i just wish the the like climax of the film or the the back third of the movie hadn't been such a letdown and i'm so happy that the the razor blade gag with the old man ended the film because yeah it ended on a good note for me but yeah
1: well, and and this came out, you know, again, this came out in '88, and it really had most of its its release throughout '88 into '89. Um, I, I read I read actually that it, it premiered in Detroit, of all places. Um, okay. But you got to yeah. remember too. We, we we should also mention that during this during the '80s, especially the last half of the '80s, there were quite a lot of these um, uh, horror action demon movies right uh one of my personal favorites right. is one that we should probably review at some point as well which is the uh the 1985 film demons which is directed by uh
0: liberto bava and produced by dario yes. argento that's one yeah, of my favorites that one but I, that one i've seen in like a lot so yeah, i used to get the two of right. them mixed up actually so i always thought i had seen night of the demons but no, i've seen demons had not yeah, that's, demons until now and so. that's exactly where i was going
1: with that is that both oh, you know, sorry. there was no 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 that's great the the de- the, the movie demons of course spawned seven sequels um yeah. so most of them in just name only but you know the, to, there was this and there's also um prom night 2 which has some similar kind of supernatural demonic type stuff in it which i actually get night of the demons mixed up with Prom Night Two a lot for some reason because oh, both okay. had this weird kind of vibe to them. Um, in, in fact, uh, I actually kind of have to I had to remind myself a couple months ago when we were talking about this. Like, oh yeah, the one with the weird creepy rocking horse. No, that's Prom Night Two. Um, huh. Yeah, that's a movie that really kind of is creepy as hell. But but I think with um, there was something about the late eighties. Well, I think a lot of it was coming off of this you know Satanic Panic stuff in the eighties and now it's you know perfect fodder for you know popcorn films um so yeah Yeah, i I would like to review demons at some point but yeah that's that's a common thing i believe is to get these two mixed up night of the demons and demons
0: yeah and i think this one owes like a pretty big debt like we said earlier to sam raimi's films Mm -hmm. the evil dead films um it kind of picks up where those left off and in some ways like um just the way that they dealt with demons they didn't really give it a lot of backstory it's just like oh they're demons and they possess bodies and you know that's 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 all you need to know for this and you know enjoy so um right kind of the same way that i mean they're the the evil dead films have this very like baseline you know book of the dead demons you know you read it they come that's it (laughs) it's all you need to know and it really does um so yeah very similar to that and, and it's also because it, this this movie has a lot of slapstick and kind of comedy mm-hmm. uh reminds me a lot of the second evil dead film
1: yep yep i, um, I, I, so... I
0: definitely definitely caught that and i
1: think you know it, it's it's interesting because similar to evil dead the first one right which was not mm. a commercial success it developed a cult following that then led to a sequel. This one was not a commercial success either. In fact, I think it only grossed about $3 million, so it was considered a failure. It was a critical failure as well. I mean, it was called stupid and sexist and disgusting. And um, what was it? The New York Times reported, quote, the cleverest thing about Night of the Demons is its advertising campaign (laughs) and that it's stupid, sexist, and at 89 minutes it feels unforgivably long. I don't know. I thought it moved Uh pretty quick um yeah me too and 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 since then though it's it's really picked up on home video anchor bay released a really good dvd version of it in 2004 and once again screen factory who i feel has kind of replaced anchor bay as the go-to for these kind of films uh put out yeah
0: for these kind of movies yeah the dvd blu-ray pack in uh 2014 so it is available yeah and they just actually recently put out a really gorgeous looking steelbook blu-ray version of it as well oh um, nice which which, as of, I don't know if the sale is still on, but it was like marked down twenty five percent on like sixteen bucks for the steel book. If anyone's interested in that, it's really cool looking mm-hmm. um, cover art and everything. So, yeah, I yeah, F- Factory does does some great stuff with. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're the they're one of the like three or four um, labels that kind of specialize in you know cult and horror films that I just think do a great job with uh, not mm-hmm. only releasing films but restoring them putting a lot of really great extras on the dvds um, so they're definitely worth the money to actually get a copy of them right and because this is this is uh by the way if anyone wants to just go check it out this is streaming on prime if anyone has amazon yep. prime uh that's how i watched um Night yeah of me too. so um yeah so if you have that already then you don't have an excuse not to go check it out so <laughs> Absolutely, um, and yeah this one's so really like, picked
1: up too with with the um you know like, it, like it's really developed a cult following and it's amazing how the the modern critical reception is much more positive about it because it's a lost it's a lost era right this this kind of mm-hmm. this kind of of gross out films of the 80s so people are appreciating it now for what it really is um then I'm one of them I mean I, I think I think probably if I would have watched this in my teens I would have thought it was stupid
0: but no I, I actually really this is a fun one so if you had to do a letter grade what would you give night of the demons
1: actually i think i'm gonna give this one a like a b plus i mean especially (laughs) looking at it through today's eyes i'll give it a b plus because it knows what it is it knows it's not perfect and it actually kind of relishes in those imperfections um i I agree that the 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 main climax of the main narrative is um a bit undercooked but it makes yeah. up for it with the really clever bookend. I mean, that and the bookend too is one that doesn't need to be there. They, that's something that could have ended up on the cutting room floor, but the fact that it's in there really adds to the atmosphere of the film from beginning to end. Um, the, the bad acting in it, it if, if I didn't know better, I would think it was intentional because it fits so <laughs> right. well with this movie. Um, the characters are terrible, which makes them lovable in a weird way. Yeah, The effects are great. The music's great, the the editing and the shots are really impressive. Somebody put a lot of care into this one, and it shows, and it still holds up. So, what about
0: you? Yeah, um, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna be quite as forgiving to it, but I did. I mean, don't take my grade as a, you know, that I didn't enjoy it. I think I'm gonna give this one a C, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it's it's not a masterpiece by like any means, but it's a lot of fun, and it's. Just about the most 80s thing you can sit down and watch, or maybe not the most. I mean, there's a few other good examples you could pull out of a hat, but it's super, super 80s. Like, this was only going to be made in the 80s, right? Yep. Um, The characters are kind of stereotypes, and it's used really well for comedy. It's not a very scary movie, quote-unquote, but a lot of good special effects, a lot of silliness, and a lot of creepy imagery is better. I don't think there's anything that's really right out scary in this one. Right um but it's yeah it's good i don't i don't know i see might be even a little too harsh but um, i'm gonna stick with that because that's what i wrote down Uh, (laughs) this uh uh it also reminds me a little bit of a that this was a time i think when a movie could be something like this like i i wrote down like this could be like a halloween horror show like this um where it's it's funny and it's scary and there's gore and there's um you know lighter moments and um, not to sound like, you know, the, the, like the old man shaking his fist in the movie, but I think modern audiences just have trouble with stuff like that. If they can't like fit it perfectly into their little like definition of what genre something is, yeah. like people have, like have a meltdown and they just can't understand like what, what am I supposed to be scared? Am I supposed to laugh? Like, what am I supposed to do? This is, um... So yeah, movies like this, I just don't think they um, we see very many of them anymore. And if we do, they end up straight to video, and they're just you know end up cult movies anyway. But um,
1: yeah, I agree. I think a lot of films today try to just you know if it's if it's judged on what essentially it looks like in the preview. Is this supposed to be a scary movie? Well, if it didn't scare me and it made me chuckle in parts, then it's crap. And yeah, no, I mean I've always I've always stated that uh, horror comedy and and like disorientation or nausea and stuff all kind of go hand in hand right there's a number of films that <laughs> yeah. horror films that intentionally try to disorient the audience because when you're not feeling well that goes well with being uncomfortable and scared and with humor mm-hmm. it's very disarming so some of the creepy scenes in this I agree that's not a lot of scary concepts or anything though I don't know the the idea of can't get out of the property because things are changing around you know when you blink that that's kind of scary but the uh there's a lot of creepy imagery like a lot of the the self-mutilation and stuff that the these demonically possessed people are doing is pretty creepy there's a lot of disturbing imagery like that um and that adds to it i think that adds to it it makes up for it not being a scary concept so yeah but but yeah always always a fun one to revisit and if um In fact, this is one because it was available on prem. I didn't rush out and buy it, but it it made me realize this is one I actually think I want in the collection. So I think I will be picking up. Yeah, I was thinking it probably belongs
0: there as well. So
1: yeah, yep. So coming up uh, on the next show, though, we've got another kind of. It doesn't really connect to this one really at all. I guess uh, (laughs) a bit of a demonic aspect to it, but uh, we're gonna be. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the 1997 science fiction horror film, Event Horizon. And yeah. we uh, I also wanted to just take a moment and mention a couple of other things coming up. We do have our Razzie show that
0: we'll be coming out with yeah. soon. And the people have spoken. And that one may yeah. actually get ahead yeah. of Event Horizon, depending on how it all shakes out. I'm not sure. that at the, We schedule these things, but it's a little bit loose, and it's kind of depending yeah. on things going on here you know in real life and whatever so i think the radzi special may actually land in between night of the demons and event horizon so you may hear that next week but um you know never fear we'll be back the following week to review event horizon if that's what you're looking for
1: (laughs) yeah and i also wanted to mention that on march 16th here in snowy cold oshkosh wisconsin the uh the kind of historic Time Theater in downtown Oshkosh is going to be showing uh, Reanimator and Night of the Creeps and the stuff. And we, the Video Junkyard Podcast, are going to be there too. So come on Yay. up to uh, Terror at the Times if you're listening within the Wisconsin area. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're going we're gonna to be giving away some stuff, I think, and we're going to be around to kind of chat with some folks and and kind of we're trying to you know get involved in in some of the community things in our respective communities but that should be that should be a fun evening they um they they do regular showings of older older films like this and it's uh it's one of those places cheap to get in it's just a couple of bucks and they serve beer and popcorn and stuff and uh, I've I've gone there before just just to see the movies that I've seen a million times, but I want to see them on a big screen with a rowdy audience. So of course, Rocky Horror, yeah, right? But it's such also, an experience seen, to see those movies on a big screen. It's, yeah, I, I went. Yeah, I saw anyway. I saw Goonies there. I saw the original Ninja Turtles movie there. Uh, American Wolf in London. Night of the Living Dead. Also, uh, Sarah and yeah. I went and saw Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze there, nice. and it was it was fun. So yeah um and they do a lot of film festivals and stuff throughout the year so by all means come on out and say hi and and uh see what's, yeah, be what's going on at terror at the anyone. times
0: yeah if you if you um do happen to be hearing this now and end up being at terror at the times make sure and come up and you know say hello we'll we'll be around i don't know if you'll you know if you have any trouble recognizing us, we'll be the ones handing out, you know, a bunch of junk you don't want with "Video Junkyard" podcast written on it. So that's right. But no, just so kidding. So that's, that's going to be uh, March
1: 16th in Oshkosh. So hopefully we uh, we see a couple people there. But uh, otherwise, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, have you seen the sequels to "Night of the Demons"? I haven't, unfortunately. I think I said I think I've seen the second one. I know I haven't seen the yeah, let us, one, I haven't seen the remake, but please drop us a line. Let us, let know, us know if
0: we should watch any of those, because I'm interested, but, you know, time is scarce these days. So. Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> well, you can feel free to shoot us an email at videojunkerpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Video Podcast at Facebook, and also on SoundCloud, where you can download our episodes. And feel free to shoot us a tweet at videojunkpod,
0: which is our Twitter handle. Yeah, hope to hear from you. So, And um, without any, uh, yeah, unless you got anything else, I think we're going to wrap no. this one up. Episode no. number 35. It, uh, thank you all for listening, and um, good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend.
1: You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors.
0: We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com/slash video junkyard podcast, on Twitter at video junk pod, and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard